Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast that looks at domestic abuse in a nutshell. My name is Veronica Kiondo and I'm a creative writing for screen student in my third year here at the University of East London and my guest today is Jenna Quinn, independent sexual and domestic violence advisor at the University of East London. Thank you. For my dissertation, I'm writing a screenplay on the topic of domestic abuse. It is about six women from different backgrounds who have experienced it and they meet at a refuge for women and decide to avenge on their ex-partners for what they had done to them. Now, contrary to most films in this subject, my screenplay will point out the fact that the women did not murder or kill their perpetrators, which would lead to imprisonment, but they harmed them in some ways. This is due to the pain and anger they felt because the men did not get harsh sentences once arrested. So, the women used the skills they had to, at hand to avenge on them. For example, one of them named Chernoff, who's a sous chef, decided to sneak into her ex's flat and poisoned his milk, but not enough to kill him, just to make him ill for a while. I guess the point that my screenplay is making is that women who have experienced these situations need to be heard. It shouldn't take for them to do what these women did for this to happen. Now, Jenna, for our listeners who maybe it's the first time to hear a discussion on this topic, or maybe for some, just for clarity's sake, could you tell us how to define it? That is, what is domestic abuse? So we define domestic abuse as any incident or pattern of in incidents of controlling, coercive, or threatening behavior violence or abuse. It occurs between people aged 16 or over and who are or have been in intimate partners or potentially they could be family members. Okay, my research focuses on women's experiences, but do men also fall victim of domestic abuse? Victims of domestic abuse can be of any gender or sexuality. Um, there is no... Um, limit or restrictions on who can be classed as a victim or who can be classed as a perpetrator when it comes okay. to domestic abuse. Okay. Um, however, we do know from statistics that women and girls mm. are more likely to experience these, this type of violence mm -hmm. and we have to accept that it is um, uh, a gendered form of violence as well. Okay. Well, most people might think that if you're in a relationship and your partner becomes abusive, the obvious thing to, is to do, to do is to end it and get out of there fast. In your experience of working with victims of domestic abuse, what are the barriers of women not leaving these unhealthy relationships? I think that's a great question. I think a lot of people think it's much easier than it is. Um, but there are lots of barriers. First of all, um, if we think of financial barriers, um, so for example, um, uh, a victim may not be able to, may not have the financial means to leave their partner and find alternative accommodation. They may also be at risk of, um, of uh, their immigration status, um, may also be linked with their partner, okay. um, and therefore um, they may be afraid that they will be deported mm -hmm. if they leave the a relationship. Also, I think we have to recognize that the, because of the nature of abuse, a lot of victims and survivors are often isolated from their family and friends. 
and therefore it is hard for them to reach out um, and get access to support from either friends or family or even from charities um, mm. because they are so isolated. Mm -hmm. um, and with that isolation comes shame and embarrassment. Um, they may want to protect how their family looks. They may want to protect their children. They may feel like it's important to keep their family together and they may be embarrassed mm -hmm. that their relationship is no longer safe. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, we have to accept as well that leaving is the most dangerous time for a victim. Um, and therefore, it, is, it can be very difficult for people to leave because it might actually increase the risk of further violence mm -hmm. to them and their children. Mm -hmm. Yes. For my research, I've read journals, um, critical and creative texts, I've seen movies, television programs, and even Netflix series. And it's obvious there's still room for more understanding on the subject by contemporary society, both male and female. What do you think are the driving factors to this? Well, I think it all starts from when we are, from when we are young. So I think that there is a considerable lack of education, especially in this country, but across the world, around healthy relationships, mm -hmm. um, about consent, um, about acceptable behavior, and what actually is violence and abuse. So I think even from, from a young age, but also as we grow up, I don't think everybody fully understands what classes as domestic abuse and violence. Um, and also as well, we have to accept, as I mentioned before, that these, uh, these crimes and abuses are often gendered. So they're relying on uh, gendered norms of what we accept, what we think as a society a man should be, and what we think a, um, in society a woman should be. Um, and unfortunately, these harmful gendered norm, norms play into abuse and harassment and perpetuate that um, mm -hmm. over generations. Mm -hmm. In my screenplay, the women had decided to take matters into their own hands because they felt that there was no support for them. This was wrong. But at the end of the story, they decide to do a more positive thing, and that is to set up a support center for women who had experiences of abuse to offer them support. Which leads to my last question. Do you think there's enough support for victims? So I think there are some fantastic support services out there, um, especially in London. And also we're seeing more services set up in universities, which I'm part of. Mm -hmm. um, however, these services are often not funded enough. So even though they have some fantastic people working there, mm -hmm. they don't often have enough resources to support enough people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think one of the real issues is we need more sort of government funding at a state and local level. Um, funding not into these only these charities that support mm -hmm. victims of abuse once an incident has happened, but we, we also need more funding in education to teach people what is abusive uh, behavior and what is a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. We also need more funding um, in our hospitals as well mm -hmm. um, to deal with the after effects and the health, that not only the physical health, but the mental health and well-being issues mm -hmm. that come after experiencing abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and we also need to fund our criminal justice system mm -hmm. so that when people report these types of crimes, they're dealt with in an appropriate and timely manner um, and they're respected by the police and court system 
and that they um, that their the backlog of cases around sexual and domestic violence cases is reduced. Um, so I think ultimately it comes down to funding, um, which should be put into a lot more services, which would then help victims and survivors of abuse. Okay. It's Jenna, it's been a privilege to talk to you. Thank you for your time, and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot from your contribution today. Thank you very much.